This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again at the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, it was um, it was a broad church, not broad church, obviously, but it was a broad church today because we talked about um, Sticks and Rock, um, which you won't hear, so why am I telling you? I quite liked it. But we did talk about um, tuk-tuks, uh, those little um, uh, auto taxis that you find in the Far East. Uh, we, somebody's just broken the uh, speed record in one, and we spoke to that guy, didn't we? Of course we did. What else did we do? We uh, Oh, yeah, AI. a very interesting chat on the world of artificial intelligence with the guys at IBM who've been working with Leatherhead FC. Uh, not the obvious marriage, of course, but it was fascinating stuff. We hope you enjoy that. We had a chat about various things. and we'll bring artificial unintelligence. Yeah, that's it. Perfect. <laughs> we'll bring you that, and so here it all is. Um, so, uh, I've had two celebrity encounters since yesterday's uh, show. Have you really? Not in the biblical... No, no, no. doesn't no, mean anything, does it, really? <laughs> no, like you become some sort of kiss and tell. <laughs> oh, yeah, not that really. That would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Be splashed all over the sun on Sunday. <laughs> there we are. He, he touched... Uh, she can't, yeah, I can <laughs> imagine the sort of story. Well, they're was, both you? men, so... Oh, OK, fair enough. Well, not, there's anything wrong with not, that. There's anything wrong with that. Not at all. Uh, the first one was uh, TV chef Rick Stein... Okay, but yeah, I had yeah. a strange reaction. Why do you say it like that, Rick Stein? Well, I just like to give it a bit of drama. Yeah, go on, didn't you? So he's coming towards me, Rick Stein. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, and I just involuntarily went, aha, like that, like Alan Partridge. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! And he went, hello, and I thought, yeah, that's it. I oh, walked. No. I didn't say anything. Yeah, it was really a weird. That's eggy, isn't it? It was very eggy. Yeah. And uh, then Sadiq Khan got on my tube uh, train this morning at Westminster. Did yeah. he really? Did you go surrounded with- by acolytes? Oh, did you go, ha-ha? No, I didn't go, ha-ha, to him, actually, no. Because oh. Rick was more like, he's coming towards me, I'm walking to it. You know, you, we made eye contact, so we couldn't sort of, we couldn't miss each other, really. Okay, so, right. I'm quite a fan. I love his show, so that's good. But you never told him that? You just did it? No, I could have done, couldn't I? I should have done, really, yeah. Is, were you a bit embarrassed after? Or well, what? A little bit embarrassed. A little I felt a bit, a bit stupid, yeah. I mean, you know, but no one witnessed it. I mean, won't no. ruin Rick's day. It proves well, no, not really. people watch him on the telly and know he is. Yeah. Won't get you a top table down in Padstow, will it? No, not really, no. Unfortunately. Seems highly unlikely. Have you ever done that? Maybe you should ask the listeners. You know, everybody, sometimes you meet a famous person. that reaction person. you yeah. have you, that you think after, what did I do that for? You meet a famous 
this person, you make a little bit of a burke of yourself. Still one of my favourites was that bloke who was in a uh, he was in a kind of chain of gentlemen's retailers, wasn't he? And uh, Chris Waddle was in there and uh, he had a pair of trousers on. He was just slipping on the jacket to go with it. And the bloke went, hello, Chris, you are right? Buy a suit. <laughs> and Chris said... Yeah, that's, yeah, that's I, I, I am, actually, yeah. I'm, I'm buying a suit. <laughs> course, yeah. So if you've ever done that, if you feel Andy's pain today as he went, ha ha, not even to Steve Coogan, who's probably used to it, yeah. but to uh, TV chef and uh, restaurateur Rick Stein. Mm. Uh, talksport.com forward slash H&J. You can text to 81089 or you can tweet to TSH&J. Brilliant. Now, the, uh, we're going to talk to Martin uh, Lipton about the city situation. Mm. But I noticed, I said to you last night, the head of the investigating panel is Robbie Williams' favourite ex-Belgian Prime Minister, Eve Lettermy, brackets, entertain you. Well, I think it's Latem, <laughs> but don't let that get in the oh, way. Sorry. <laughs> don't let that get in the way of your gag. Oh, yeah. Eve Latem. Uh, Me used to entertain be... you. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't quite work. Letem, and yeah. Uh, he yeah. used to be the Belgian Prime Minister, the man who's looking into uh, cities. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, finances, which means he's probably off Kevin De Bruyne's and Vincent Company's Christmas card list. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Really. Actually, yeah. He won't be getting a hamper from them this year, <laughs> no, with whatever the Belgian equivalent of Fortnum's is. That's very true. Yeah. Something else to get the listeners going mm. on this afternoon. Um, I was reading uh, in the Sun Golf uh, section, uh, David Facey today. Apparently, at Beth Page, the infamous course Beth Page, uh, there is a sign at the first tee which uh, says, This course is extremely difficult and only for highly skilled golfers. Yeah, of course. <laughs> just imagine. Well, I, you know, I've just come off the pitch and putt and I'm feeling quite good about myself. Or I got one in the clown's mouth when I was last at Blackpool. So I'm ready for Beth Page. So if you've ever done that, I, I played at. Uh, uh, what's the word? Seve design course, a famous one in Spain. Oh, for goodness sake! You oh, um, hold on. Oh, there's the oh, yeah, little comeback. Not Valderrama. It's sort of Mercia way. That's not Valderrama. It, it may have been. Yeah, yeah I, I can't think of the course, but I happened yeah. to be on a sort of work jolly once, and uh, we played there. And, you know, we kind of zigzag my way around. It's in the, the, the waffer-thin fairways. As soon as you went off them, you'd lost the ball. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't the worst golfer. There was a bloke there worse than us, but he was just hacking his way around. He probably Absolutely went around about 240, I think, in the end. It was oh, a very no. embarrassing <laughs> yeah, day all round. Not great, But no. they are, you know, you go on a decent mm. course... Uh, it, it's quite shocking. So if you've ever... Um, it can be intimidating. Climbing. I played Glen Eagles for years and years ago, well, probably when I first got married. And it Tough. Was, yeah, it was really intimidating. So tougher than it looked. Um, let us know some of your sporting stories along those lines. Uh, so that could even be playing with pros in any sport uh, because that's always much, much tougher than it looks. Uh, mm. Talksport.com forward slash H&J, text to 81089 or tweet to TSH&J. I just want to go back to that uh, city ban uh, because there's been some allegations oh, yeah. that the club hid £70 million in funding and it's, it's rubbish. I mean, what's wrong with Emirates Cleaning Services, Emirates Dry Cleaners, Emirates Plumbers? These are all legitimate Companies. Of course they are, yeah, yeah, for all your uh, plumbing needs. That's, well, this is never in question, of course, we don't, we don't think no, that I'm is the case. I'm only joking. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Um, so you're telling us about some of those moments when you made a burke of yourself in front of celebrities. Um, I took my mum for dinner in London, and uh, after the meal, mum was tipsy. Nice use well, of the word. Fair enough. Upon leaving the restaurant, we saw uh, Una Stubbs uh, coming uh, into really? the restaurant. My mum started to say something to Una, but instead spluttered gibberish and then curtsied at her. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, curtsy. Our, like our producer with Martin Tyler a last curtsy, summer. Well, no, she was in summer holiday. I think she deserves a slight bow of the head. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you very much for that one. That's from, uh, what's that say there? 
Um, Liam, thank you, Liam, for that. Uh, keep them coming. Talksport.com, text 1889, tweet TSHNJ. So, uh, you've mm. seen the uh, little uh, tuk-tuks, tuk-tuks, whatever you prefer, from whichever part of the world you come from. They're small small little kind of... Uh, we don't have them in this country. Some people have looked yeah. to bring them I in, th- haven't they? You do see them in the West End of London, then you do see the odd one or two. A yeah. few people have actually so, yeah. tried to start businesses oh, using yeah, them. Yeah. They are used in different parts of the, of, of the Far East and stuff, but it's never quite I've taken got one off. in Delhi. They're amazing. Auto rituals, yeah. probably another way mm. to describe them. Imagine going just shy seventy-five mile an hour in one. Well, uh, no thanks. Uh, it's it's <laughs> a record, <laughs> and it's been set by delighted uh, Matt Everard. Good afternoon, Matt. Hello, how are you? Good, yeah, thank good. you. Congratulations. Yeah. So, have you set sort of speed records in other vehicles? Are you a kind of serial uh, attempter of this, or why the tuk tuk in in particular? Um, I just, we went on holiday um, to Thailand. We stopped in Bangkok on the way there and I had my family, my two teenage kids with us and we just went on tuk-tuk rides to different places and we just, it was such fun buzzing in and out of the traffic and I, when I got back to England, I started looking on eBay and there was a few for sale and I just kept on watching it. I'm a complete petrol head myself and yeah, one night after the missus went to bed, I uh, bought a tuk-tuk on eBay. Let's go it and buy it now. <laughs> you you modified it quite a bit, didn't well, you? Well, yeah, You'd have to, obviously, but you, it looks yeah. as if you made it a lot st- steadier with the sort of thicker tyres. What sort? Of, I was yeah. thinking 75 miles an hour in one of those is, is quite hairy. And what sort of speed do they normally... I mean, the average sort of bog-standard sort of motor they have in them? Uh, they normally have... like The Indian ones are about 150 or 180 brake horsepower, um, CC and others. Uh, this one had originally had a 350 CC, right? But it was an old-fashioned two-stroke engine, and uh, it was worn out. And I live in Billericay; it's a hilly area, and I was struggling to get up the hills. And so I was like, "Well, I've got to get a new engine for it." And then it just all kind of went from there. And being an Essex boy, it was go big or go home. So uh, yeah, that's that's what, that's what we did. How do the how do the DVLA um, categorise them? Then what 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 are they called? I mean, what do they sort of come under? Okay, so it comes under a trike on on your logbook. It says um, tricycle. Right. Mine actually says like where you've normally got um, the make and model of your car. Mine says Bangkok um, taxi, and the model is tuk tuk. Okay, so Bangkok it has a class. taxi sounds like a very suspect <laughs> film that you probably got yeah, free with got, the it's, it's only got three wheels, hasn't it? That's right. Three wheels. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got a, a co-rider, sort of a passenger almost. Well, is you that... have to have someone in the back. And I see... Oh, that... is that part of the well, record? You, oh, yeah. used, you used your cousin, but I would have used strictly Shirley Ballast. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh, you're very good. Come on. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm waiting for the call from Holly uh, Willy Baby. <laughs> yeah. so, so you had to, but you, do you have to have a passenger? Is that is that part of the record, or do you need somebody to stop the thing flying up in the air like a like a power boat or something? No, it's um, it's part of the Guinness World Record um, rules that I had to have a passenger because it is a taxi type um, vehicle. I suppose that means it had to have a passenger. Mm-hmm. So uh, I didn't initially realise when I said, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And I started reading through the rules and I just thought, oh, who do I know that's going to be, you know, of a similar mind? And my cousin, his hobby is um, parachute jumping and wingsuiting and stuff like that. He's done 200 miles an hour on the way downwards. So going, you know, over 68 or as we reach 74 miles an hour didn't really seem a kind of... A frightening thing for him. So, uh, yeah, I was lucky there, I suppose. So, what for, oh, I was going to say for the petrol, what sort of engine did you put in it? What did, what did you do? Okay. 
So uh, we bought a small um, Daihatsu Hijet pickup truck mm. um, and we took it all apart and we transferred all the parts from it that we needed. So that's um, a 1300 fuel injected engine. It has an ECU like a modern car, um, an ECU uh, OBD port you can plug into and you can put it on a laptop. We haven't done that yet at the moment. It's just running the standard engine. We use some um, uh, high octane fuel um, and we also put uh, an accelerator in uh, accelerator liquid in with the fuel that gives it even more octane so you get more power wow. apart from that apart from that we, we had the wheels widened at the back to make it more stable we imported a load of parts from a from a tuk-tuk factory in thailand we were luck- lucky to find a guy over there obviously you can't walk into your local uh you know, motor, motor spare yeah. place. Yeah, you can yeah. say it. I think we all know what you're thinking. <laughs> Other places are available, but not and that many, to be honest. Uh, beautiful leather upholstery. Did you re-upholster the seats in sort of bright yeah, blue? Yeah. yeah, very nice. Yeah, yeah, so they were all um, custom-built for me. We went down there, and my wife chose the colours, and a lot of um, custom upholstery has this diamond stitching that's very popular but we decided to go for circles because it's completely different and uh, yeah the guy spent uh, many months he's a guy called East County Customs he does all sorts of motorbike specialises motorbike saddles and car interiors etc and he just did an amazing job and the, the front seat is actually bespoke and so he had to cover everything and also we were needed support in the front seat yeah. so that so how, how, much have you, how much have you spent on this, yes. would you say? It says 20 grand in this article. That was on the original <laughs> one. So what do you reckon this, it's cost yeah. you all in? I haven't added it up. And I wouldn't <laughs> yeah, like don't, to. But it, don't, yeah. we, got it up, we got it up to about 20,000. I'm saying at the moment probably about 23 or 24. Okay. And, uh, yeah. and and what was was there a previous record for this? Or have you just have you started it from a new? Or did you break the existing record? No, it was um, started. They didn't invent the record for me. They'd oh. actually put in this record. They'd come up with the idea. Guinness had, and um, but um, we just no one held the record, so we are the first holders of this record right. at the moment. Yeah. So we're, we're going to see you flying around Billericay in this. Uh, you, you can yeah, take is it roadworthy? Can you use it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's road legal. It's classed as a trike. It has a trike uh, class three MOT. I often drive it up to the high street because it's quite small. You can easily get a parking space. And you just, everywhere, this morning I've driven it from Billericay to Basildon to work. <laughs> and you just get, and at the moment I'm just getting people waving and putting their thumbs up and tooting their horns and stuff like that. I suppose I'm a yeah. kind of local world record holder at the moment. So, uh, Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. You are going to yeah, get some you get some Essex boy racer at the lights in his hot hatch trying to burn you away, and <laughs> you're going to be in for a bit of a shock, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, I mean, yesterday was great because this company, Straightliners, that organised it, they they do all these high-speed events, the hard, fastest shed in the world. Oh, yeah, yeah, we've spoken oh, to yeah, the yeah, fastest yeah, yeah, shed, yeah, man, yeah. 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 Look, we've run, we've run out of time, Matt. Good to talk to you. Okay. Um, congratulations. Yeah. Well done. Okay, dokie. Thanks a lot. Here we are, Matt Everard, the man who uh, drives the fastest uh, tuk-tuk in the world, just shy of 75 mile an hour. What's happening in the cricket, Andy? Uh, there's been a review of a run-out decision. And if that's hitting the stumps, that's out, isn't it? And it's out. It's out, yeah. Uh, we'll get confirmation of that, you would think, from uh, didn't it? Yeah, from uh, John Norman in a moment. Looks like another wicket. If I was the third umpire, though, I'd want about 98 views of that, but you only yeah. need one, and yeah. it's out. You probably do. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than forty gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Now, you saw this morning that Christian Pulisic is on his way from uh, um, Dortmund to Chelsea. He is, that's he right. He his yeah. last game at home at Dortmund. And he's been talking about his new teammates. But he didn't mention Eden Hazard. Ah, so they made I wonder a big why thing. that is. Yeah, they made a big thing about it. Well, it's not surprising, he's leaving. That's why. <laughs> that's why I didn't mention it. Oh, fails to give Eden name check. Oh, big mystery. Yeah. He's going. <laughs> that's right. Don't worry that's about it. That's probably what it is. Brilliant, yeah. isn't it? And... Uh, uh, this new uh, Snapchat app that's going around there, some of them are very funny. I mean, some of them are brilliant. Is this the gender swap thing? The gender thing. swap thing, yeah. yeah it's, it's, uh, but on some people, it doesn't work at all. So it works on sort of people like David Lloyd and Rob Key, but it doesn't work on the England cricket team. I mean, basically, it just looks like a normal, nice-looking woman wearing Joe Root's kit. Yeah. I can't see what the point was, really. I mean, Rob Key has just sent one out, the former England batsman, mm. and Rob doesn't look any different. Uh, they just sent one out of Bumble, though. <laughs> Bumble. Bumble the Deirdre Barlow. He's got to touch the Deirdre Barlow. It's a sensation. So, uh, yeah, one or two of them work better than others. But anyway, there's been another wicket. Oh, OK. John was just saying that. Yeah, well, England need a few wickets. They do, Otherwise, yeah, they're yeah. going to get about 350. Yeah. So, uh, let's get all the details. John Norman. Yeah, maybe Safras Ahmad wanted to have a go at that uh, gender-swapping <laughs> at... Uh, because he's just holed out. Uh, Pakistan now 162 for four, and the Pakistani captain uh, dismissed thanks to a smart bit of fielding from Chris Jordan on the field as a substitute fielder. A wild, wild swipe across the line. It was a thick outside edge, which, as it flew into the air and went behind uh, the batsman, Josh Butler actually started herring away uh, to uh, fine leg, but it was Jordan who uh, managed to take the catch despite the sun and the fact that, uh, uh, not Butler, Bairstow, sorry. Butler's not actually playing today. It's Bairstow behind the stumps. Uh, so he took the catch. So a wicket for Plunkett, who should have got one earlier, actually. Bairstow putting down Harris Sahail. So uh, he'll be uh, a little bit more cheerful. Uh, Imam Hul-Hak is still there. He's 73. Pakistan have lost their fourth wicket, though. 27 overs in, 162 for four. Yeah, Thanks I mean, very you, much, you John. You can tell these are just warm-up games because if England were serious about this, they wouldn't leave Butler out, would they? No. It's just it's just so giving great. everybody a game. Yeah, make it's, it's, it's it makes sense idea. to give Best yeah, a no, chance as wicketkeeper, doesn't it? Now, uh, Piers Morgan, a man who's not afraid to comment on absolutely everything in life, uh, do you see his comment about the fact that Ant of Ant and Deck won a BAFTA? 
All right. And uh, he said, and he's now known as John Terry after last night, and basically intimating that he shouldn't have been there, he shouldn't have accepted the the award. You know, a bit like John when he, you know, when yeah. Chelsea won the, the Champions League. So the, the Daily Star mocked up this picture using John Terry's body. Yeah. And Ant's head, but the ratios are completely wrong on this. <laughs> the scales all over the shop. <laughs> scales all over. It's, like it's one a of my really, drawings. really long neck <laughs> and a mahoosive head <laughs> on quite a small body. So it's that would that would be a very it looks a bit sort of uh, alien, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. And Pierre's not bitter at all that he didn't get one. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't best pleased by the look of it, was he? Uh, we might be coming back to this. Do you see, Cristiano mm. Ronaldo is in a comic strip. It's, no. Uh, it's called um, Striker Force 7. Oh, yeah, no, you told me about yeah. this. Didn't you tell me about it on air he fight, he, No, I told you off here. Okay. He fights... He, I can never tell the difference. Yeah, he fights... We have very similar chats, so just a touch <laughs> swearier. Um, he fights evil robots uh, using his superpowers. I mean, to be... related to evil good evil. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Evil Roberts. <laughs> you can call me evil. But, uh, no, yeah. he, he looks like him. It's very good. I think it's mm, all yeah. been... All the animation's been done in India, apparently. But uh, it's 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 a good likeness. Mm. Uh, talking of which, uh, Dave Kidd's column in the Sunday turned up a couple of uh, nuggets, I'd say. I had no idea mm. um, why Juve had changed their kit to halves, black and white halves with a little oh, pink yeah, stripe. that was a good... Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, talk sport listeners, but Dave tells us today uh, it's because the traditional kit, the black and white stripes, wasn't selling well in the States because it looks similar to uh, yeah. refs' outfits in the NBA and the NFL. Yeah, but, and the know, NHL. But to, yeah, and the NHL. But to change it, to change the kit of something that traditional because it's not a big seller in the States. I'm not a massive fan of the new one, mm. are you? No, I mean, it's it horrible. Doesn't, doesn't I, I, really didn't, work, I don't doesn't. like it when teams stress, stray too far from their traditional kits. I and, think and they've a also got idea. stuck into the idea of the lap of appreciation, which which is fine if you've had a good season. Um, yeah, it's always a bit awkward, isn't it? Bit w- w- when you've game. not, I mean, the players feel they should do it. The, after fans leave, the ones that stay get stuck into the players, as we saw. Uh, mm. In isolated cases, yeah, United should never. Manchester United. But then, United. if they don't do it, then they say, "Oh, they've ignored the fans." You yeah, know, see, they, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. On but that one. Grasshopper Zurich um, have won the Swedish, mm. uh, sorry, the Swedish, the Swiss Championship 27 times. But they're, they're well to win the Swedish. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're that good aside, they're <laughs> down on their luck at the moment. Yeah. They're facing relegation. They were four 0 down in their game at the weekend, so the players went on this lap of appreciation. <laughs> <laughs> but the supporters demanded that the disgraced players hand back their kit, said Dave, and they crawled back to the dressing room like dogs. Totally <laughs> like insects. <laughs> yeah. I, have you seen the footage? Of somebody who was standing next to the guy that was um, giving um, Pogba some yeah, clog. I've seen, that, I've yeah. seen it. He'd, mm. uh, yeah, I think it's fair to say he was a touch frustrated by <laughs> what he'd just witnessed, the 2-0 yeah. defeat at home to Cardiff. But uh, then Pogba, to Cardiff. you shouldn't have got involved. You know, yeah. It's not going to do himself any favours there. Uh, there was a very interesting travel piece uh, on the weekend about there's new uh, cheap flights for the first time. Tim Vickery will be coming in not tomorrow. A, not a Madrid there, isn't it? No. <laughs> or oh, to Baku. Uh, one of our blokes at Talk Radio yeah. uh, is a Chelsea fan. He has a ticket. He has the accommodation, yeah. but then he's faced with an 1,100 quid flight, and he's now thinking, well... well that's you know, still cheaper than it is to get them a drink. No, I know. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of money. Um, anyway, there are cheap flights now for one new airline offering f- to uh, Rio. Yeah. So there's this whole thing about Rio, and they said, 
Oh, walk along the famous Copacabana Beach I've written underneath, but not at night. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Whatever you do, not at night. Definitely not at yeah, night. Yeah, no. anytime. Not, so, not a good idea. Uh, I was, we were talking mm. earlier on about your experience of going to the Champions League final and whether people were sort of rank profiteering. But the big difference that time was you were playing Bayern Munich in Bayern Munich Very Stadium. Very big difference. So Good point. 50% of the mm. people going there to watch the game um, had accommodation. Had accommodation. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah, didn't need and to didn't travel need, at no. all. Didn't need to fly from anywhere. But no, I mean, it made a big difference. Perfect That's storm true. we got there. Of course, is two got, English teams. Yeah, yeah, two English sides trying to work their way there. It's but it's you know what it's like. I mean, you, you I know it's costing you a bomb and and everything, but it's one of those things where you just mm. think. I can't not be there. I can't, you know, if, imagine if they won it. Yeah, you'd enjoy yeah. watching on telly, but you, I'm telling you that when Chelsea won in Munich, that was the best football supporting experience of yeah. my life. I'll never top it, uh, you know, because even if they've won it again, it wouldn't be the same as the first time. You just have to be there. So well, I'm, it's, it's unfortunate that that's how people feel about it. Well, and I then, think you know. a great many people do. Yeah, I'm I'm going. Um, I'm just working out how at the moment. I'm sort of working on various routes and who I'll be going with. But, I've got mates who are Liverpool fans and we've already said we're going to meet and have a drink and uh, I'm looking forward look win or lose as Bobby Moore said we're, we're going to have a good time <laughs> yeah. so, um, yeah, so I'm looking forward like to it it'll be a great experience you know I'd say 90% fans of the, the two clubs going are probably going to be absolutely fine with each other and yeah. fine you just always get as you call them Herberts you just I'm sure, do get those types of I'm people. sure it'll be alright I think yeah, the, ones sure that, be the ones that go looking for it the ones you know that, 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 uh, and it's a great setting. I mean, what a setting for you know. It's not like having a final. No disrespect to Azerbaijan, but Baku. You know, nobody wants a final. Baku's there, supposed to be a good place. I'm not actually. having a go at Baku. I'm just saying <laughs> nobody wants a final in Baku. Whereas you know, a final in the what's all right. What's more of a historic place, the Bernabeu, yeah. or the stadium in Baku that I don't even know the name of? What might be the one that you'd rather be playing in? Really? No. It's called the John Bumstead Stadium. <laughs> Did you not know that? It's just a coincidence. <laughs> of course, it's, well, that's what they called it all those years ago. You should drive a taxi in back. I don't think I don't think John. Arsenal are particularly pleased about it. The fact that it's the John Bumstead Stadium, Baku, be great if and it you're was. going to be playing it there. Well, if it was, I'd be going. Yeah, of course you would. <laughs> yeah, Johnny B. Stadium. Uh, here's a man after Alan Brazil's heart. Wine buff Oz Clark. Oh yeah, down four and a half thousand pounds worth of vino in a day as he watched rugby with pals. Wow, the seventy-year-old TV veteran, not my words, said he had a wonderful time. Well, he would have done really. Um, yes, it's uh, it's the old Chateau Petrus that Chris Evans bought for Alan. It's a uh, three and a half grand each now, but I think Oz wow. had bought his a few years ago for one hundred and sixty-eight quid. Do you think Alan savoured every mouthful? He probably did. <laughs> He probably did, didn't he? Drank it out the bottle no, he with all, with all he the sediment. Now he knows his stuff. He, he's no, I'm sure he really he enjoyed it. I've never been fortunate enough to try a, a glass of something like that. And really? I, I did know one of my friends that did go to blow... His friends got all these wines and everything. And I asked him, he said, no, they are absolutely it amazing. It makes a big difference, yeah. does it? Was it over eight ninety nine? this bottle you're talking about? Well, this one is three no, and a no, half grand. But the, the, the very good uh, wine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Over eight ninety nine. Well over eight wow. ninety nine. Wow, <laughs> OK, well, that's, that, that's serious money for a bottle of wine, isn't it, really, around it my way? It was Dave. You, you know Dave. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. at Cheltenham. Oh, you know Dave. Dave. We all know Dave. Well, you know. We all know Hey Dave. Hey Dave, yeah. This is our Dave. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Because we were checking out this piece with uh, Leatherhead FC, the, the, the huge technology company, and uh, with respect, the relatively small football club, uh, have been working together uh, on a project involving artificial intelligence. And from uh, IBM, 
uh, Joe Pavitt and uh, from Leatherhead uh, FC, first team coach Martin McCarthy. Guys, good to see you. Hi, guys. Hey, you all right? So, Joe, how did this project come about? Tell us what you did with Leatherhead and how how you went to them to use them, if you like, as your guinea pigs on this. Yeah, so IBM have a technology called Watson, and Watson is an artificial intelligence. So it's something that is slightly different from traditional computing. Computing, you program something, you do 1 plus 1 equals 2. With artificial intelligence, you train it. So the idea is we give it examples in something, and in this case we've given it examples of football. You know The way that a t- particular team plays, we've taught it terminology so it can understand formations, it understands what a free kick is, and you can then ask it questions. It gives you answers with video footage and uh, analytics around it. Is that dependent on the people then inputting the data knowing a lot about football? Presumably it is. Yeah, and uh, well, I'm, a, I'm a big football fan, so I've been fortunate enough to work on the, on the project. Mm. And so I think you definitely have to have some kind of understanding of the game um, and we worked very closely with with martin and nikki who's the manager yeah um to make sure that it was working for them yeah so when it when, when the idea was kind of put to you martin you yep. and nikki were you receptive straight away um we were a bit cynical yeah um we'd kind of come into a club and, and you know without going into too many details it was it was a bit of a, a hard steer for us when we first went in there so to then be given this tool and you know to meet joe for the first time it was a bit of information overload yeah so you know i was quite cynical at the beginning but by the end of it you know it was a really good tool for us um, yeah and something that joe and i worked really close with to to not just look at what we had but as joe mentioned earlier on to to look at ways that we could help develop it as well by by looking at certain things that was going on certain traits that were happening with certain players yeah you know and and ask joe could we get any more information with regards to it on, on this particular thing, yeah. so so no, it was a it was a really good tool. We were cynical, but but by the end we were we were very happy. Yeah, and you say you developed it almost with the club, with the, so they kind of tailored it to their needs, and you you then used the technology to do that. They were telling you feeding back what they wanted from it, what would help them, and you were able to make that happen. Yeah, exactly. So one of the things you do you do with Watson is you teach it terminology. So out of the box, we kind of knew the basic things they were going to ask questions for. You know, the shots, the goals, the free kicks. Um, but actually, as we were then working with Martin in, in more detail, Martin came to us and he you know, talked about, I want to understand the transitions. You know, actually, we've just lost position. And actually, can I ask it about those specific points in the game? Can I now actually also ask it on how do we vary our performance when we're playing in different formations? Uh, and all of those things, we've actually then, you can teach Watson that terminology. So when you type 4231 or 442, Watson knows what that means in context of the data. And then it goes off and does its magic and then re- returns the results. Yeah. Yeah. And the little things that, I mean, I'm sure you were seeing this in games but the, the, the technology kicked up that well I think it was one of your midfield players or it may even be yep. one of your front players that was uh, was coming deep for the ball and often there'd be a little simple ball they could pop off to a defender or yep. a, and but they'd be looking to turn every time running into trouble making the wrong decisions yeah yeah, yeah. and you're able to see that within games a- and absolutely. able to correct that with yeah them. I think I think and that was the, the real reason why I <clears throat> like the tool so much is because obviously being the coach and, and having to go away and plan specific sessions, you know, having spoken to Nicky and, and kind of going away and thinking, right, we need to work on this on a Tuesday and then something else on a Thursday, was that for, for these players, because we're not training every day mm. and they're not training for a number of hours, you know, we're getting like an hour and a half, maybe once or twice a week if we're lucky, we're having to really pinpoint and drill down to what specifically is working for us. So obviously with the tool, and this was something which we really enjoyed at one of the first meetings that we had with Joe, was that when we look back at the video, you know, we were able to sit there and go, do you know what? We've noticed that, say, for instance, our centre-forward, Sean Okoji, mm. was, was getting into areas that potentially 
when you're watching a game, you're thinking, yeah, that's a good area. But when you study it, maybe 24 hours, 48 hours later, yeah. you're thinking, well, do you know what? If he wasn't there and he'd got himself into a potentially better position, that was better for the team. Mm. You know, it, So it was a good thing to look back on. How does it differ from watching that on video? Could you not tell that from video of game? or In what way does it differ? Well, basically, <clears throat> I, think, I think with the IBM thing, mm. what, what Nick and myself basically said was that it was good reassurance for us. Because if you look at a game, we can all watch a game, mm. you know, and we're seeing what our eyes see, okay? And sometimes at the end of the game, and things haven't gone well or they've gone really well. You often do question, did I actually see that right? You know, is it something that I saw or that I, I potentially can go away and work on? And what was good for, for us was that within sort of 12 hours, we were able to then get video footage of the game once again. So, you know, being a coach that's obsessive about, you know, making sure we're successful, you want to make sure that within a certain time frame that you can then go away and go, yeah, right, look, what I saw was right. Mm. But you know what? Looking away from the ball... You know, potentially, these were the areas that we weren't so successful at. So we could then go away and implement it. And what what about the session? I was going to say, what were the players' attitudes to it? You, you and Nicky kind of embraced yep. it after a bit of scepticism earlier yep. on. But did they buy into it straight away? Did they like it? I think, I think the players. By the end of it, they love the tool. Mm. You know, every player loved the tool. Again, probably a bit like myself. You know, these guys aren't used to stuff like this. You know, they've just joined a club. You know, we're giving them hundreds and thousands of bits of information. And all yeah. of a sudden, we've then gone to them with a tool and said, you know what, guys, if you're serious about development, you've got a tool here that can help you. Now, that was the real big onus. And I think that's something which we've seen over a period of time is that you can identify the players that didn't use it and you can identify the players that did. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so as a footballer, if you're really serious about progressing, you know, and talk's cheap sometimes, but if you really are serious about progressing, you had a tool here that you could go away and study 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, if that's what you wanted to do. Yeah. And it was really about, now the onus is back on yourselves, because one hour a week, I can sit down with players, Nicky can sit down with players, and we can really build a bond with that player. But we can't get them to go away and do certain things. It was about whether they wanted to. Yeah. And I think on the documentary, you saw there were plenty of players that went away and yeah. actually tried to help themselves. How easy is it for a player then? Paul mentioned the forward that was running into the wrong yep. areas, running wide. Is it muscle memory? How easy is it for a player then to go, oh, no, I can see that. I'm not. But for him, when it comes to the game time, repeat the not same mistake. Not making the same yeah. mistakes, yeah, yeah. Um, as an example... There was, we had a, a, another player, Travis Gregory. And again, there's a big, big part of Travis on the documentary. And, and I always remember this one is that we'd kind of spoken to Travis about he's a winger, okay, explosive, lots of pace. Um, but what he became was a little bit too one dimensional. So when we showed him the footage and we said, look, Travis, you're taking players out on the inside because you're right footed playing on the left hand side, you know, you'll get away with that for a certain amount of time. If you take them on the outside, you know, you're varying your game. And so for Travis, and I know this definitely because we used to sit in the changing rooms before a game and, and watch it on the iPad. You could just type into an iPad. Yeah. Is that he'd be looking at it and he'd be going, do you know what, if I get the ball in this area, Mecca, what I'm going to look to do is I'm going to take him on the outside first. And then for someone like myself who's a coach, I'd be going, look, you need to have pictures. You've got to have pictures on what you're going to do the moment you get that football. Can you go on the outside? Can you come on the inside? You know, so... I think it's a very good tool that, that a player can use and, and kind of to answer your question, it is something that they can go away and go, do you know what, I'm having more success going on my left-hand side than I'm on my right-hand side. Yeah. And we started to see the pictures happening and obviously the heat maps and the stuff that, that IBM and Joe were able to show us, mm. the players were actually seeing the success. So the proof's in the pudding. It's, know, it's a lovely yeah. resource to, for a club like Leather Joe to have at their disposal uh, uh, for the film uh, and for promotional purposes. Mm. But I would imagine... 
uh, it's not it's not a cheap thing to to run constantly. At what kind of level do you see it maybe operating football wise? I think there's actually a different challenge at the higher levels to, to what we're working with Leatherhead. Right, we, under the covers we'd be using Optidata, which is like the passes. The, it's the same thing mm. the kind of major broadcasters use for TV. And at the top level, they have too much data now. They have health data, they have tracking data, they know everything about the player. Um, and if you're preparing between a Saturday and a Saturday. It's not a lot of time to prep for an upcoming opposition. Mm. Um, you only have time to maybe review three to four games of that opposition in that period of time, but actually they could be further back and more important. So the challenge at that level with what Watson can help with is actually the ability to trawl through all of that data really, really fast. Uh, Martin was mentioning about the, the take-ons for Travis. Well, tra- all that Travis had to do was just go, show me every time Travis Gregory did a dribble. And he's suddenly got a customised video playlist of every time that he did that. He can do that from home. It's got an analysis around when he did it badly, when he did it well, yeah. and trying to encourage that conversation then between the player and the coach hmm. so that they can then go and work on that on a, on a personal level. There we go. That was this afternoon's show. We will return uh, tomorrow at one uh, for more of the same. Possibly better, more like, <laughs> more likely worse, oh, or just the same. But anyway, uh, we'll do our best. We can't make any promises. It's a live show. Anything can happen overnight. Uh, we'll certainly be reflecting on all the football, won't we? As well. Yes. Should we go now? Yeah, please. Um, thanks for downloading us. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four p.m. on Talksport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 